Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukula on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by Mr. Aaron the Voice. Nakamura, say what's up, Aaron. What's up? Mr. Kahai, the legend, Fergan, say what's up, Kahai. What's up? So, here on the Ukula on the Ground podcast, we answer any and all of your questions via email, via UU Plus, via U Plus forum, whatever you guys, or however you guys manage to send us some questions. We'll try to answer them as best as we can. I'll try to answer it as best as I can, and these two guys will put in their two cents, and we'll come up with a nice answer just for you of whatever the best that these three minds can do, you know? So, it's not perfect. It's not foolproof, Kahai, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Can you, like, list the stuff that we were wrong on? Uh, I, I, we don't have um, the whole hour. Because we yeah. have not been. No, no, no. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we have. We're never wrong, Kahai. Mm-hmm. That's what you're supposed to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> never wrong. Yep. No, no. We're wrong all the time. Um, and and uh, even just like last week, I, I did like a public apology like on a video that I did on my own channel. I'm like, I'm sorry I did that. That was really bad of me as your teacher to do do as do as I say, not as I do, or whatever. You know, last week. <laughs> you want to do another? Um, uh, what is it like? Uh, we because there's one mm-hmm. podcast called uh, Low G's and Apologies, I think. Okay. Or High G's and Apologies. Is that a new cool podcast? It's one of our podcasts, yeah. Oh, okay, that, okay, okay. That name. And uh, oh. um, I'll issue like a like a like a official apology. Well, no, for that one, I had you make a sad face, and I use that as a thumbnail. Oh. <laughs> you want to just do another? Get that out of the way. No, that should be for last week when I when I actually made the thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, you know, however you guys uh, manage to get questions to us, we'll try to answer it as best as we can. That's basically how this works. If there's no questions. We'll just kind of talk, and uh, you know, we'll talk about ukulele. We'll talk about whatever comes in mind. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like I'm I'm kind of antsy today. I'm like 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 leaning this this chair and I've almost fallen twice now. <laughs> I don't know why. Must be the ice cream <laughs> that I just that I just had. But yes, sugar. yeah, some old Aldi is all sugared up today. So it's gonna be some, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a gooder, guys. It's gonna be gooder, as uh, Mike Hader would say. It's gonna be gooder. <laughs> okay. So, uh, what's our first question, Kahai? Um. Oh, so Sue had, mm-hmm. uh, she kind of noticed something mm-hmm. and she was wondering if it's for a specific reason. Yeah. And she said, um, uh, I hope I'm not being overly observant, but I've noticed during the play alongs, Aldrin, sometimes Aldrin strums with his pointer finger and the other fingers curled in. Other times he's strumming with his pointer and the other fingers are straight, but relaxed. Mm-hmm. Is this intentional mm-hmm. to create different sounds? Um, Okay, that's a, I mean that's that's a good question, but really uh, it's just whatever flavor that I'm feeling that day. Honestly, like it's not about how you know how to make different sounds out of it. Sometimes I feel that like I'm trying to like overcompensate to show the uh, to show the audience exactly what I'm doing. Um, so there are sometimes where like. Uh, I kind of think that the strumming pattern might be a little bit much for people. So in order for them to kind of see it clearer, I curl my fingers in so that they can see the direction that my pointer fingers are, you know, are going. So if I loosen up the fingers, it just kind of looks like this. And, you know, we always get that like, well, what's a strumming pattern or whatever that, that you're, you know, that you're doing. So a lot, you know, uh, more often nowadays, I, I try to, you know, try to open it up because we, we now kind of went away with a, 
um, from the era of strumming patterns, so I don't necessarily need to showcase where exactly my finger is pointing all the time. So, um, but naturally, I play it super open like this. Um, there is, but there is one technique that I open the uh, the hands kind of like uh, almost almost always. So whenever I do like a fast picking, this like the the faster the picking goes, like almost like the the stiffer my fingers get because I kind of have to like brace the hand so for that the strumming. wrist yeah for for fast drumming. So when I'm, when I'm doing, uh, I just released a video today where I did a. So like this kind of goes up, so I'll show it to you, you know, like slower. So this tends to kind of straighten up and almost f not freeze, but s like uh, just get stiff. So that this, um, because I'm moving it so fast that this um, position of my pointer finger kind of needs to all like you know, always hit it nice and clean. So if it's you know if it's more on the loose side, I might hit it so uh, with, with my other fingers. I want my just my pointer finger to hit that. So it coincides with the way that my um, my wrist is turning. So if it doesn't, if I don't freeze that up and like and I hit it with, with other fingers, it's not gonna come out as clean as I would like to. So that does tense up a little bit, but that's still more of an open. So this is kind of my uh, my regular strum. But then when I start doing the. Uh, it tends to kind get of the, like, get yeah. the fingers out of the way. Yeah, more. get the fingers out of the way exactly because I don't want them to uh, you know to to hit the strings and create a totally different uh, rhythm than I was than I was trying to uh, to to do with you know with the with whatever <laughs> strumming that I'm doing. Now um, there you know there is times where I you know I do kind of uh, close it up a little bit more. Another the other time that I do that is if it's kind of a chunk heavy song. If it's a chunk heavy song, um, curling your fingers in will make that chunk just a little bit more chunkier. Okay, so like I close it in a little bit, but not like close like this where you know I would I would do that kind of strum. It's it would be close in the sense it's kind of like this. So what this does is it allows my more fingers, I'll show it to you from this angle here, more fingers to hit the, you know, to hit the strings for a chunkier chunk. And I think we've talked about this in the past. Because if it's just a one finger and I did the chunk, it can still happen, but a chunky chunk is is this right here. So you probably see me opening up you know, or closing my hand if it's a chunk heavy song. So So something like that would, would keep my fingers close. Because if I if I had it kind of loose open, and then just kind of uh, like open and close it like the entire time, it just doesn't make sense. So for me to uh, you know to to get that ready for the chunk, I tend to close it up. So there is it, oh sorry. <laughs> so it is like situational, you know, where like um, depends on the situation, depends on the song that I'm playing. Is if I'm going to be playing with an open or closed or, or closed over this because it's not closed like I you don't see me strumming like this unless like I was making a point like I said you know where like you really needed to see the up and down so that you could follow the strumming pattern but since we've gone away with that um, more often you'll see me with, with open open hands yeah. yeah and so for her if she's like worrying about mm -hmm. like should I do it like one way or the other is like just do what's comfortable to you yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah this whatever is whatever's comfortable Whatever you feel, you know, like really, that's that, those are my reasonings. So there's there's a reason why I, I do, you know, I do those things. But for the most part, whatever, you know, whatever gets 
gets it done for whatever gets the mm-hmm. job done as, like, as long as it sounds good that's really it if it sounds good if it feels good if it feels comfortable that's how you do it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. go ahead kahai uh well i we can just go to the next question okay next I, question i don't know do we have anything else to say about that or no did you get a haircut kahai yeah looks good man <laughs> thanks everyone should see it it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh you're you're the only person who notices my haircuts hey hey i i you exist kahai i notice <laughs> i notice you yeah, yeah you know well i <laughs> i think that's because i mostly go home and i mostly come here to work so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know that's I mean? that's why so your parents don't yeah. uh, don't you know don't notice the, when you cut your hair do you get your hair cut professionally or by your parents uh i i have an auntie who cuts hair professionally so yeah she does it she did a great job you look very handsome okay okay next uh this one is from jim and he's asking about uh the cord pattern in autumn leaves Mm -hmm. and so he said that the cord pattern is like a uh, excuse me a regular g an Mm -hmm. f sharp back to g and then a b diminished Mm -hmm. so um and he it's i think he always like he has a hard time getting from that uh g to that b diminished so i think he was asking if there's some way to is it b diminished or is it c diminished uh is it two three two three oh yeah, 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 c, three? Okay, c yeah c diminished. sorry or he said b seven flat nine <laughs> which is the same thing right yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay with a b seven that would be the nine yeah flat nine yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, how do you go from G F sharp to the uh, to the C diminished? Okay, so we got this G, we got this F sharp right here, and we got this B diminished or C diminished. See now you got me saying it. <laughs> okay, so there's a few ways that you, you you know that you can do this, which would make it easier. The first is uh, is the usage of um, of mutes with the, with the thumb. So if you're playing G, got this. You can just do one fret down for the F sharp and mute it with the thumb, which then you just use your pinky to anchor on the third fret. After that, lift that entire G chord up here and you got your C diminished. So G. Oh, so back like, to the G. Yeah. Oh, so back to the G. You just have to break, like, no, no, take the uh, G, F sharp, back to the back G. Back to G and then to the diminished. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm the same thing. I mean, they wouldn't even change. So G, F sharp, back to the G, then the diminished. So see, like how my my fingers aren't even moving, you know, like that much. And the same exact shape is um is is used for all three chords. So it's not too bad. I think you might be overthinking this one. So, but uh, another, I, I did say there are multiple ways to do it. So this one right here, and then to maybe this F sharp. If you're playing low G, which I know you do, and you want that low G and like you know involved in there, and you don't want to, you don't want to cut it out. You're like, man, I paid lots of money for this low G string. <laughs> like you know, I want people to hear. So G, and then use that pointer finger to bar, and then see how these two fingers. All they're gonna do is just go up. See, so from G, these pay attention to my two middle fingers here. They're just gonna go up like this, while my pointer finger bars the bars the chord for uh, for F sharp. Which then you go back to G. If that's the chord. Or you could bar the G. Yeah. Right, yeah. Just you move, just move it, move down. the whole thing. Yeah. Well, my my reasoning is going from here to the C diminished, which would use the same G chord shape. If you, yeah, 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 but then. From the bar, you could yeah. use your pointer finger as an anchor to the. Oh yeah, diminish. that that works too. And then 
to to yeah. that. But then that yeah. So there's there's multiple multiple ways, ways that that you can yeah. do it and stuff like that's you know um I, I would go there. Aaron's a, a natural low G user. Right? I'm like, like a high G. I'm like ah, I doesn't do. yeah. yeah. You know so. Um, but yeah, the first thing that came to my mind is like, yeah, just mute the G. It's fine. You don't even need it. I think, <laughs> I think that's a pretty common like yeah. chord change too with the mm-hmm. uh, guitar. Yeah. Like that kind of shapes is you just use a bar yeah, for everything. Bar. Right. And you just right. kind of add your pinky. So yeah. So, you know, you could, you could do that with the, with the first chord. You just bar the first chord, go back here. And like, like Aaron said, use the pointer finger to, uh, to anchor to get your to their diminished chord so there's multiple ways you can kind of go about it but those those are just you know some i'm sure you can figure out a couple more but you don't really have to i think with those like that should be good enough and that's, you got you get yeah options now. Yeah, now, yeah. You have, now you have options right kai so you need to go long hair or short hair right yeah Dude, it looks awesome <laughs> let me tell you, you just like now i can't stop looking at it like it's just it's, yeah. <laughs> you got your ears lowered <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jim. Jim said he wasn't he wasn't using any of those. Uh, I guess ways to hold the diminished chord. Yeah. So yeah, how it, are you doing the diminished chord? He was he was doing it with the um. So he would from the G. Uh-huh. He would flip his fingers around and then use his thumb. Oh. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Maybe you just refrain from using that diminished chord. I have don't think I've ever used that. Yeah. Diminished chord. So just move chord. everything up one string and then put down the pinky. Yeah. Which That's... website were you looking at, Jim? Were you <laughs> no, no, Doctor Yuka? You know, when you're uh, you're learning these, was it? I I like to pick up because he I know he can take it, and he picks yeah. on us too. <laughs> I love you, Jim. <laughs> yeah, was it um, uh, Benny who said you have to have like multiple ways? Yeah, to hold that's the true. Same you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of know how to hold it in in different ways. Yeah, yeah. So that's there you go. Now you have options. Yeah. All right, next up, Kai. Hey, uh, did you catch my uh, catch my Doug reference? <laughs> See, <yeah>. Aaron did. <laughs> Aaron got my Doug reference. Um, yeah, you you fool me. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll I'll catch it and I'll put it up on the the yeah. show notes and stuff. There you go. Okay. There's a Doug reference in there. <laughs> yeah, and and then uh, I think that's so. That's all the questions we have okay. so far. Cool. Um, people can send them more, but yeah. we also had uh, like. Uh, Kathy sent in a student review, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about that. Yeah, um, she sent this before, because um, I, I just remembered after you know after watching and after sitting down after watching um, that she said like just disregard the uh, like the that video because we met after she sent that video for oh. a for a lesson and she played for me during the lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like I can still you know give you some uh, give you some pointers and stuff. I think it looks you know I think the arrangement looks good. Um, you know, it's it's like an original song, I believe that you know that she did and she arranged and she plays with like a um, like you know with a group that that like backs her up. But for this particular one, she said she wanted to kind of see if she could do it by herself. And she wanted to add like an instrumental in there, or like a little break and stuff in the middle, and uh, and how can she do that with um, you know with just by herself? So I you know I suggested kind of you know playing the chords because um, the the song's kind of bouncy, so you want to keep the same bounce, and that's kind of what um, what 
you normally run into when you're playing by yourself is how do you keep that groove going and pick at the same time? Because as soon as you stop strumming and do some picking and stuff, that groove is going to be gone. So what I told her is don't lose the groove. Just keep, you know, just keep strumming it. Maybe strum, you know, like uh, keep the same strumming that you're doing, but add some um, extensions to the chord. So for F, she added this A string third fret. She could also add the fifth fret if she wants to. She can add the first fret, third fret. So you can pick and strum. You can do some, you know, pick strumming, pluck strumming, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, however you want to call it. And then you, what you can do is you're not limited to just these notes because you can add inversions. So the F also exists here. So if you want to add that, you know, uh, different notes to, you know, to, to the song without losing groove. You can do that as well. B flat. There's another B flat here. There's another one up here. So, you know, um, there's, uh, there's many ways that you can add notes to, uh, to your strumming and kind of create a small little uh, instrumental. So she just did a nice simple F and to the B flat. Whatever it may be, I don't exactly remember what it was, but I know you know we talked about inversions and adding things here and there, and uh, and going uh, from the higher inversion, trying to work your way down, not to make it too you know um, too sudden. I was going to say subtle. I was like, that's not subtle. Subtle is not the word. <laughs> you want it to be subtle, mm -hmm. but not too sudden where you're like up here. So for example, if you do something like. go back down to, you know, to down here it just doesn't sound as good yeah it's a little jarring going from up here to down here so make sure you kind of work your way back down so I thought I thought she did a good job you know I thought the uh, the instrumental was nice and uh, and simple because that's another thing too if the song is you know is simple to begin with you don't want to add like a super duper complicated instrumental in there because it just doesn't match with you know the what the vibe of the song was trying to do right so I'll keep all those things in mind but I thought I thought it was great you know um, I I've now seen this song from like, you know, from the from the beginning, and now seeing what it sounds like, I'm I'm proud of you. Good job. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I dig it. I I dig it, Kahai. Yeah. So can Kath you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> Kathy said, uh, um, she mentioned mm -hmm. that she couldn't hold the C string with the F on the eighth fret yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing it's for like a, one of those inversions. So she just kept mm -hmm. the original chords for a certain part. Yeah, it sounds fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's and fine. she also mentioned that she used a compressor on the the uke for the first time, and a bit of reverb on the vocals. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sounds pretty good. Like, sounds good. Uh, so that sounds good. Like you don't want to overdo the compressor, which you didn't. Sounds great. You know, mm -hmm. like oh, it was it was good. Excuse me, ice cream once again coming up. <laughs> Note to self: no ice cream for the show, because now I feel like the here in Hawaii we call it gala gallas yeah. <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> It's all that, it's all that milk guy. Yeah. Can't they make ice cream without milk? <laughs> <laughs> Someone yeah. should do that. Someone should do that. It's a billion dollar idea. <laughs> Think about all the, the Asians, right? Like, yeah. can't handle milk. Yeah. yeah. All not, like <laughs> lactose intolerant. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember going to Italy and you know like in Italy everything's like got cheese and butter and things like that mm -hmm. and stuff. It's, it's everything you know like dairies and everything and um, 
and my my wife is is uh, is lactose intolerant, and I was like, okay, well, you know, you gotta be careful because everything's there. It's like, nope, I she, she brought like an entire box of like lactate. lactate. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like a yeah. brought an entire box of yeah. lactate. Yeah. I remember Not like holding me back. <laughs> yeah, she's like, nope, nope, gonna eat everything, you know, everything yeah, that I can. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know when the next time I'll be in Italy, but here it is, just mm-hmm. an entire box. I don't care what the repercussions are later. I'm gonna eat as much as possible. Like, Why not? Please get your protection. When, it's all good. Yeah, when I got my haircut, uh, before I got my haircut, we I got a milkshake. Yeah. My mom was like, oh, what about your lactose intolerance, right? And I'm like, guess it's, I guess it's going to be a roll of the dice. We'll see what happens, you know. Sometimes, so it's not a guarantee with you? Like sometimes you can have? Yeah, yeah. And it kind of depends on the food too. So, I mean, better safe than sorry. But yeah. Yeah, that that day I didn't have my lactate. So I was, yep, we'll just see. Now that I'm older, I've, I, I didn't know you could get it. I didn't know you could become lactose intolerant. Like, oh. I just, you know, I could finish the day, eat a gal, I'd drink a gallon of milk and it'd be, you know, be all right. <laughs> but now, like, that's not the case anymore, you know? Like, I remember, cause I don't know, like, when, when something's delicious, like, I just scarf it down. I have no boundaries and no shame, actually. <laughs> like, so I remember one time being on Oahu and this is, this might be a little, a little bit much, but I was on Oahu. Yeah, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We're at Ala Moana, went to Haggadahs, and like, it, I don't know, like their their ice cream is just so good. So I had like this shake, and yeah, let's just say it was a very uncomfortable bus ride <laughs> going back to my apartment. <laughs> It's just, it's, there's lots of mad can this driver go faster <laughs> you know like a lot of that a lot of people are like man i don't want to sit next to that guy <laughs> he seems to be shifting a little too much you know you have to watch the the inform informational video about your changing body <laughs> yeah it was, and uh, as yeah. you grow older <laughs> I thought I was invincible no, when I was living man. on Oahu. I was like in my twenties still, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, but it was, uh, it was a, it's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> it was I would ten out of ten would do again. <laughs> like, would maybe catch a cab next time though, you know. <laughs> 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 would drink again it's I don't your, even care it's your problem now Uber driver <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah he's uh, I love uh, when I'm staying with my sister guys right. like my sister will be like okay Kai take your lactate pills now because we're gonna go get pizza pretty soon <laughs> you know she's just like Gives me the head up, heads up, like, oh, we're gonna, yep, you're gonna eat cheese or you're gonna drink milk, so you better take it now. <laughs> okay, you you eat pizza with milk? Uh, no, no, oh, it's I was just like, like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, if if, oh. if we if we eat anything, you know, my sister will just give me the heads up, like, okay, tonight is pizza night, so you better take your lactate, Kai. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, yep. I don't think there's lots of things that. That milk doesn't match with. Right? I don't. I think pizza is one of them. Like, I don't know if I would eat pizza and, and anything greasy. Milk. Have you, you just seen um uh, heavy and greasy? You know? Home Alone. Isn't that like the milk spills onto the pizza and he yeah. ruins the whole pizza yeah. night at the start of the movie? <laughs> there you go. Yep. All right. Do we have questions? See. So this is what happens. We go off on a tangent and we check again. It's like, oh, this does people need our help for? <laughs> yes. Talk about pizza. <laughs> I got, uh, well, I, I kind of wanted to go back to Kathy's thing. Okay. And I, I think, yeah, Kathy's recording sounds really good. And mm-hmm. she's, I was telling Aaron, like, her songwriting is pretty solid where, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have to tell her, like, kind of the basics of yeah. make sure you have a melody and then mm-hmm. make sure that your chords are solid before yeah. you try to do anything crazy. Yeah. She already has, like, the basics for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So something that 
this is like yeah it's already getting to the point where it's like nitpicking and it's kind of more a stylistic choice Mm -hmm. but i would suggest that she might look into eq now because Mm. her ukulele and her singing kind of inhabit the same same. space Mm -hmm. in eq so that's where if she's recording her ukulele like in one take and then singing in another take then she can kind of EQ it to make uh, make sure that they're not overlapping, yeah. right? And Especially you... if she's compressing it too, you know, mm-hmm. and they occupy the same space. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, just, that's just... Heads up. Yeah, and, and something to just throw on your track and try and play around with. And even that, right, like everybody kind of has like a different taste for EQ. So, yeah. like uh, try and see what uh works for you or what you enjoy so well i was gonna say how would you do it Kahai? like how would you eq that like say say she came into your recording studio and you were the engineer and she gave you that raw take and now you just you know eq it how would you do it uh i would take off a little bit of the high end and mid on treb on her on, vocals or ukulele on her ukulele because yeah. i think she's inhabiting that space with her vocals mm-hmm. yes and then so I'd kind of boost up the low end and the mids more on her ukulele. So it's like pretty close already. And it's kind of mm. hard because she doesn't have like a bass guitar or like a regular guitar to fill up mm. the extra vocal space. Mm. But just kind of like how I imagine it is like her and the ukulele are kind of like overlapping. So I kind of just want to nudge either of them, the ukulele, more towards the bass and mm. her like not necessarily more towards treble, but yeah. having her kind of like offset just a little bit mm. so it, it comes out a little bit more clear but yeah you 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 definitely it's not a one-for-one thing and it's not guaranteed so you got to play around with yeah. it yeah i mean like the ukulele um I, i've always loved uh adding more mids especially mids like mm-hmm. mids and uh no not highs but mids and lows <laughs> like i almost like turn the highs all the way down there's some performances where I would just turn that stuff all the way down where it's zero, you know, zero highs. I don't, you know, I don't suggest that with, you know, with, with everything or with every show. It just depends on, you know, on the, uh, the, uh, what do you call the, like the mixer that, you know, that you plug mm-hmm. into or the amp mm-hmm. that you plug into or whoever you're working with. Um, but in this case, for me, I would, uh, turn up the, the mids and the lows, more mids than lows though. On, on that ukulele, turn down the highs and turn up the highs on your vocals, and that should be good. Yeah, yeah. and I th- I think uh, her reverb, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, she added reverb to her right. vocals. She did the good thing of not adding too much reverb, yeah, yeah. where it sounds like, oh. Super wet in a cave. Yeah, yeah in a cave <laughs> or in an opera house, right? It's like, yeah. oh, where, where are you singing this? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, if she's looking at adding reverb, to just her vocals mm. uh, I might suggest adding reverb also to, to her you yeah. <clears throat> just yeah. a yeah. tiny bit yeah or like either doing that or kind of having everything together and on the master track yeah putting a reverb. little bit of reverb to yeah. tie in and everything together too yeah well because reverb is supposed to um, you know emulate a room that you're in because um, if you just record yourself through a microphone or especially through like plug-in stuff if you plug your ukulele in it'll just be super duper dry and what that means is it's just taking whatever signal that you're giving it it doesn't take the you know the um, the ambiance of the room so you're trying to create a room using reverb so if you put reverb on just your vocals it's kind of like your ukulele is in a different room and you <laughs> yeah, are in yeah. one room that's what's gonna sound like so you mm-hmm. want it to like Kahai said if you put it on the master track which would mean like everything that you recorded in that track is in the same exact room which makes sense yeah 
Yeah, and you can play around with that. Yeah, too. of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, some some need more than others. Yeah. Re- reverb is definitely <clears throat> like a, another like kind of spice that you gotta play yeah. to your taste. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I feel and, like reverb is the salt. Where like e- everything could use a little bit of reverb. <laughs> like, yeah, salt is the first thing you add. Like maybe or maybe EQ would be like and, s- that. Reverb be pepper. <laughs> I I, I kind of like yeah. In that analogy, I would say it's like even when you're layering different mm-hmm. takes, you know, and different instruments and stuff, mm-hmm. you add a little bit of reverb to everything. But then when you also put it together all in the big pot, right? You kind of have to like mm-hmm. homogenize everything. So that's yeah. where adding. Yeah reverb yeah. on the master track really helps yeah so that's you know some uh <laughs> some engineer advice from uh the, the ukulele on the ground engineers here <laughs> yeah i like and i know like engineers yeah, yeah. no <laughs> nowhere are we engineers <laughs> I, I, I know yeah yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. yeah. We were just talking, me and Aaron, and I was like, oh, I wish Kyle was here so I could just get him to listen to the mix because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just turning knobs and I'm just like, I hope yeah. this works, you know. Well, I <laughs> yeah. hope I, I get the, the mix right. Yeah. But, uh. He went to school, uh, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. why. Like, it would be great. But, um, yeah, like, uh, uh, I think even like telling her all of these things, mm-hmm. it can sound scary. Yeah. But something that she can do, like, you know, uh, when you're playing around with these things, really play around, like turn. I would never put a hundred percent wet on, you know, a reverb, <laughs> but just try turn it to a hundred percent and then like crank it down until <clears throat> where you're like, Oh, I kind of like that. Or turn it to like a hundred percent dry and then yeah. slowly start turning it back up to wet. Mm-hmm. So it, you can play with these settings. And then if you, uh, the thing I always ask myself is, is it, does this sound better than the original? And mm. if it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm adding stuff, but it doesn't sound better than the original, mm. then I tone it back down, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. What if you're Billy Joel and you're having a heart attack? Hundred percent wet. Does that does that knob go to ten? Okay, that's good. Now crank it to eleven. You know, like just push it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, have to put the clip of that song <laughs> <laughs> for people to. I mean, everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that that is the thing, right? Like special version of yeah. that. <laughs> We're giving tips that kind of work in general, uh-huh. but of course, like there's every there's songs yeah. that are exceptions where you do crank it to eleven or you do do whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you got to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen Sue asks, "What does compression do on a recording?" Where should you use it? Um, what compression does on a recording? It, it's you know it's in the name where it just kind of compresses. So like the uh, the the waves, you know, if if you ever looked at an audio file, the waves kind of go all over the place, right? So all that does is just it compresses it so that you know you uh, it takes off like the, the the top end and the bottom end, making sure that everything is just compressed. It just makes it cleaner, really. That, like that's it. You're just compressing all that sound into whatever hertz that you needed to occupy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, uh, yeah. The way the <laughs> way that I heard it explained is like you're taking something and you're squashing it yeah. so it fits a little bit better. Yeah. And it's so. Like this. So you don't want it to go like this. Maybe you want like just nice fine lines, but just it's like you know within, just within within, what, like, yeah, within this right sound, here. Yeah. So instead of it going like this, where like it's all over the place, you want it to like kind of go like this, where it's just in this tiny space. 
Or it can also <clears> like <throat> if if your waves are like too small, right? Mm-hmm. Like for certain parts, it can also kind of expand yeah. it a mm-hmm. little bit too. So yeah, it makes certain parts bigger, and it can make certain parts smaller to where they're more uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it, and it does work. It's good in that sense, but then that's also why you don't want to put too much compression because mm-hmm. then people, you know, or it's it's up to flavor, but it's like it it'll sound like everything is you know monotone almost like there's no dynamic dynamic. range yeah it's it's kind of cool because like a lot of i mean music in the past maybe 20 30 years and stuff have used more and more compression like as as Mm -hmm. time goes on but if you listen to like old like recordings and stuff and that's why like um the volume isn't as you know as as equal because every nothing is compressed or only little things are compressed or they can only compress so much or whatever the problem may have been you can kind of hear the difference between no compressors and and compressors by just listening to like a a modern song versus a song done like way back in the past maybe 60s 50s you know uh when they first started recording stuff to wax wheels (laughs) They had to have the band play it like as loud as they could mm. because they like it was so hard just to get any sound to mm. record to the wax wheel. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to that kind of stuff too, it's like it's all you know. It's it's like wow, you can hear it, but it kind of all sounds like oh, it's all blown out because yeah. they're just like <clears throat> screeching, you know, into that I, horn. Um, I think it was my <clears throat> my second album, like uh, Trey Tracy actually like he told me like let's try to record this in, in a different way where we, we don't use compressors so i'm like well what do you mean because i that was my first time in like a professional studio i didn't even know what compressors were yeah. <laughs> i'm like yeah sounds let's good do that Trey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's go do that and um you're, and the, it, you're the producer and-, <laughs> and uh and the way he explained it to me is just like well you know you're kind of a dynamic player that i feel like if we compressed you we don't get as much of the dynamic stuff that you're doing we can put a little compressor but to put like a normal amount of compressor just kind of takes away from you know from the dynamics of your playing i was like okay well, whatever if you feel like you know if you feel like we should, we should do that and then it was um <clears throat> it sounded pretty raw like uh the the end product but when we gave it to uh to bob Katz to um to to master that's like when like when the magic happened like ah like during the mastering that's like when things kind of came together and uh and all our hard work of like not compressing but playing a certain way so it doesn't peak or it doesn't you know uh, doesn't get too low that was kind of tough like going from uh you know being on stage and playing as loud as possible you know like and to like the really controlled attacks and very like um mindful dynamics uh on on playing and then but the end results uh if you listen to the you know to the album and listen to like how warm everything kind of sounds uh it's worth it so, <laughs> so good so when you went from mm. did you guys have to record differently like if you're playing a super loud part and then you know in the song it naturally goes mm. to quiet like your quiet playing did um, you guys yeah it's the it's the control on attack and stuff if i know that there's going to be like a hard like a tremolo picking part or a hard like fast strumming part um, we would position the microphones differently or would hit the um you know the strum a little bit differently and that's kind of what um what i regretted like when um when i did my third album which is bandito tyler <clears throat> because i don't know i um I, I had Kalei convince me that like um, that gel nails were cool, <laughs> you know. Like so, I had gel nails, a oh, gel nail, not gel, gel, gel nails, 
Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'm gonna record, and you know, like I'm gonna record my album in just like a couple of weeks. So maybe I'll get my gel nails like next week. And then, but it was just such a disaster because like you hear this clacky, clackety clack. And uh, Ariki, the you know the the engineer and producer, he was just like. I don't, I don't know how I can like gate that or noise, you know, like noise gated or whatever, so that you don't hear it. I'm trying my best, but we're losing a lot, LG. I'm like, I'm sorry if I ripped all these off now. We're gonna have to like postpone this for like another <laughs> yeah. couple months yeah. so that they grow, you know, go back out because, <clears throat> yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, we just That's did like it in, with, with in it. running. They, <laughs> they say never use, never do anything different on race day. It's <laughs> like the same thing. Right? Yeah, I guess so. You went, you went for the actual thing, and you use something totally <laughs> different that you never use. Well, the thing is, like uh, the way that Clay does, he only gets just the thumb. You know, uh, like I'm like, nah, just do the whole nails. Do I do all, thing. I do all these, you know, these go whatever. So like, I went all in. I had all, the, you know, all my nails all gelled up and stuff, and it was just, you know, it was easy to play. Like super easy, yeah. and all my rolls sounded, you know, sounded good. But it was just, this, like, yeah, this was just yeah. all the noise that you could hear, you know, in, in yeah. that album. We would try to get rid of it as much as possible. I tried to play different so that you know uh -huh. that you couldn't hear that. But it was just one of those things that, like, man, like the uh, second album, third album were just night and day as far as tone goes. And it's it's not Ariki's fault. It's really, you know, it's really uh -huh. mine. But then again, you know, like Ariki, like. I'm kind of his experimental like ukulele player to produce because he doesn't normally produce uke players. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> whereas Trey has worked with guys like Jake Shimabukuro, where he mm -hmm. really knows, you know, like how these, um, you know, how how to present the ukulele in a recorded form. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So. So it was I'm a Dreamer. That album was. It was by Trey. Doctor yeah. Trey. Yeah. And then uh, so that's why like when you listen to. Um, What's that song called? Uh, your your own only mine or your mine or something? Only mine. The, the song that I wrote for my wife. Um, just hearing that like uh, that first hit of the um, of the cymbals on the drums, you hear the warmness or you're like, oh man! And then like and that and then the first like ukulele line comes in, you're like, how is that so warm? Like <laughs> and then fast forward to like the third album, I have like like a beautiful like soft and very mellow and very very warm tone and i'm like that sounded okay you know like it yeah. sounded good for but it's not doesn't have that like <laughs> like whole oh, crap oh, <laughs> you know like I, with a lack of a better term it was just holy crap yeah. moment like yeah that sounded that's not just like just me but that was a collaborative effort between myself trey and uh and mr Katz, the yeah uh, the master uh, that that's kind of like going back to it like uh, you know some people might hear like we talked about putting compressor and reverb on right and then they, they might be like well why don't you just you know when you record why don't you make sure that you record at this level mm -hmm. or if you're gonna or if you're gonna add reverb anyways mm -hmm. why not just record in a place that has like that natural reverberation mm -hmm. in the room space yeah, right that's true and it's like, yeah, if you can do yeah. that, right? But like, like you're saying, right? When you record something loud and when you record something soft, mm -hmm. you have to move the microphones back and forth, right? So that's where it's like, they might yeah. just be like, we just want to keep the mic right here and we kind of like want to get consistent. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we'll add the, the uh, compressor on mm -hmm. just to make sure it kind of like evens out all the times that it might have mm -hmm. been too loud or too soft. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's a tool to use. It's not necessarily like the, you know, the end, the way that you should use it every, every time. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's just sometimes you got to just throw it on. So 
Yeah, good stuff. Uh, for those people, I mean, we've had Trey or Tracy on on the podcast. People are wondering who Bob Katz is. He's the guy who wrote the book on mastering. Like he's the mastering guy. Like when uh when Trey is like, okay, well, I know a guy who can master it really well. He's gonna be pricey, <laughs> but he's like the best. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know, sure, whatever. Like, how much does it cost? You know. So we we went to it and it's just like, whew, worth every penny. Yeah. <laughs> he also mastered um. Bandido Tyler, that album, mm-hmm. but you can just tell that there's a difference yeah, you know, yeah, between the in, between the, the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So of, he's same same guy who mastered it, just yeah, yeah different engineer. You can I, only work yeah. with what you right. Get. And like I said, it's not Ariki's fault. He he did he did yeah. his best. And like like I said, he uh, I'm kind of his experimental. Like okay, cool, let's record an instrumental album. Then I uh, guess you know I'll see how this goes. I'll work to my best ability, and um, and he was great. Uh, the difference though between the two is that. Um, I'm not saying that you know that the um, like Sean Carroll, who I hired you know as as a drummer for I'm a Dreamer, is uh, he. You know, I'm not saying that he wasn't as good on the drums because the drums were definitely better on uh, on Bandito Tyler. But Sean Carroll played the drums like how you're supposed to play recorded drums. Like you're not supposed mm-hmm. to add all these whatever get fancy mm-hmm. with it, you know. But because you know going back to what trey said like talking about being a dynamic player i wanted dynamics in the drums too i wanted dynamics in the whole thing like i wanted it to seem like a live show you know but sean carroll you know he's very tasteful in and the way that he plays drums because i have no doubt he can rip some drums yeah but like the way that he played it was was very much like how you're supposed to record like, drums you know like yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're like a proper studio yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Drummer. studio drummer yeah, yeah. Because if you're a studio musician, right, like you go in and they ask you to play something and you play it Mm -hmm. and you kind of you're waiting for them to tell you like, oh, why don't you like add a little bit more to it? Or why Mm -hmm. don't you, you know, so if nobody says it, you're just going to be like, I'm just going to play the music (laughs) that I, I, you know, I know I'm supposed to play. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough about this. This is interesting. I mean, like since you guys brought up the whole recording and 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 reverb and oh. compressor and stuff i just wanted to show you i'll uh, tell you guys about my experiences uh, in that yeah <laughs> before we move away can yeah. can you explain what mastering is for people who don't know Ooh. see that is is a much bigger beast than you know than, than i do know because these compressors like i can kind of explain but mastering uh because i don't do it you know like i i mm-hmm. don't exactly know how it works but really it's kind of like opening up the uh you know opening up the track and I, that's, I don't quite know how to like how to explain it better than that. But it's kind of like pushing all the buttons in as as uh, as high as it goes without you know um, without peaking, without like compromising any of the integrity of the sound. So then making sure that everything should be uh, you know to its to its full volume as as it needs to, and everything is opened up. That's that's what they say about like it opens up the track and stuff. But I, how? I have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's why those guys get paid the big bucks because yeah. I, I don't know how yeah. to do that. If basically make the song yeah. sound as good as possible. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's basically like the last step before it's like CD ready or like before it's radio ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If like, uh, if you know about like photography and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like the, somebody, you can have a photographer mm-hmm. who takes a really good picture, right? And then they'll take, uh, there can be like a, a uh, image editor or like somebody who works with photoshop Touch you give artists yeah. you give it to them and then they'll just make it like even more you know it's like whoa Vibrant this yeah, yeah outstanding mm-hmm. you know it's like oh it takes it from just like what you would 
think of if yeah. it's just like a normal picture or like yes. this is true to life and then this just makes everything yeah. blow out that, that's of. the best way to do it like the reds are redder like yeah, the, yeah. You know, the blues yeah, exactly. are bluer that's yeah best best way to explain Dude, it I'm, I'm like how to explain good. this because i don't know how you know like, yeah, how yeah, it yeah. works it just sounds magically good after i get it back like so <laughs> so by the way we kind of told uh kathy you know uh, with like thinking uh, thinking about eq the master, the person who does mastering really thinks about those things. Like yes. where does each mm-hmm. instrument and where does each, uh, you know, level of the, this song, where does it lie in mm-hmm. the track mm-hmm. and how can yeah. I bring it out or how can I like kind of tamper it down to yeah. make it equal with everything else? Yeah. Cause so that's, that was the tricky part because if you send some, something to mastering that's already been kind of compressed, it's a lot easier on their job, you know, like to, uh, to make sure that nothing peaks or nothing gets kind of ruined and stuff. Um, but if you're sending him something where like everything is not comp- or like the ukulele at least wasn't, you know, wasn't compressed and he's getting all these things, but he can also do more with it yeah, because yeah, it's more dynamic. More yeah. So he's like, okay, cool. Adjust. Instead of just like this big fat, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. uh, wave, you know, And he's like, okay, well, I, I mean, I guess I could do this. Yeah. And yeah. Sound can good. Do so yes. Much yes. Because yeah. it's, so it's it was like super worth already. it. We, yeah. Yeah, we, we talk about like, uh, how there's like a saying where it's like, you, you try to get the best take that you can, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, no matter, like, uh, as much as you can do in post with like fixing things, mm-hmm. how they sound, you just want it to sound good, like when mm-hmm. you record it first. Mm-hmm. And kind of, it's just like adding, sprinkling on a little yeah. bit extra seasoning and making it a little bit finer so yeah i would i would like to learn how but apparently that's like a completely different beast like i just like started getting confident with with mixing you know like and and eqing and stuff but that's a completely different beast i heard like so uh, if someone like trey who's been recording people since the 90s he's like i don't want to master it (laughs) it's like yeah yeah i said that out for someone else to do it you yeah because that's what they do you know and you can like you can get programs now to like kind of pseudo you know uh Mm. master in programs Mm -hmm. but i think you really need the studio equipment right like to to really find details and kind of get into worth it worth every penny we'd do a 10 10 out of 10 we'd do again (laughs) (laughs) just like the ice cream can just hog and uh milkshake (laughs) you can uh you can master the way that i master where i just put a Mastering compressor on the, floor, the master track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Just press the button. No, yeah, guess yeah. it's mastered now. Yeah, that's what it's. That's what it said, right? Why is all three paying Bobcats so much money? Yeah, <laughs> just give it to me next time. <laughs> give me the money. It's why, why would they put that setting in Ableton if they didn't want me to use it? Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Suhewa asked, uh, how would you practice to master your finger picking and strumming for flamenco style? I mean, much like how you'd practice for, for anything really, you know, like, um, it's just doing, you know, doing whatever it is that you, you know, that you want to get better at over and over slow and then fast, um, getting, making sure that you get the, uh, the, the technique correct. So it's not too different from say um, practicing and mastering like uh, like playing blues or playing jazz and stuff you kind of just have to understand the elements of what makes it work so for example flamenco what are the elements you know for for flamenco uh, rhythm you know like maybe note choices maybe the uh, um, the, the, the different scales that they might use maybe the different uh, chord families that they might use so 
kind of look at all those things and what kind of techniques that you need. So, rasquedos or, you know, or, you know, golpes, things like that. So, when you look at all those things, if you want to get better, um, figure out what you kind of need to work on and what kind of flamenco artist that you want to do. Because flamenco, just, you know, just because it's generalized as one genre, it doesn't mean that it's not also, like, you know, there's also sub-genres of that one genre. So there's, like, different styles that you can, you know, that you can play flamenco-wise. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, it's a lot of that. But for the most part, it's just taking what, you know, all the elements that you need to practice and just do it slow then get you know get faster yeah i think uh you can kind of look at it like learning a language right yeah like when you you try to speak a, a different type mm -hmm. of language uh you really got to listen to how people are yeah. saying things right pronouncing things and stuff so mm -hmm. uh just if you really want to get into flamenco like mm -hmm. just start like listening to as much flamenco music as you can right mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. picking out like what like you said what really makes the music yeah. you know special what's really true to that music so mm -hmm. yeah 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 Take and it. with with any technique it's just you're just hearing what you hear and then yeah. trying to replicate mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. in whatever way it like makes sense to you yeah that's what i was gonna i was gonna say it to like to take whatever you're going to you know you want to be able you want to master you want to be good at or whatever uh, and just immerse yourself in it like that's one thing that you can do also like listen to flamenco artists watch flamenco artists and just really like immerse yourself in it if you're listening to it if you're watching if you're watching it if you're playing it in your car or whatever you know like you should be able to at least understand the uh, the essential elements needed to play that genre at least if you listen to you know like great people like that, that play it um paco de lucia otmar liebert you know um gypsy kings whoever it may be like if you want to you know if you want to play like uh f flamenco like really well look oh sabicas like there's all these great flamenco artists that you could uh, that you could check out um immerse yourself in and watch those guys play you know watch paco de lucia just completely tear it up like that guy's the man he's he's my favorite flamenco player so if there's just one that you then you know that you want to listen to it would be paco de lucia my number two would be sabicas yep sabicas yeah <laughs> and kind of tying it back to uh jim's question too yes it's like yeah and really pay attention to details because mm -hmm. like if you're watching a video and you see them playing a certain way mm -hmm. they're they're probably holding you know chords or holding shapes or doing things for a reason so you know just try and like mm -hmm. replicate them mm -hmm. and you might you probably figure out like oh they they're doing it this because mm -hmm. it moves better from here to here or i can mm -hmm. feel the rhythm better this way mm -hmm. there's always like little details that you know uh like jim said like oh i've never tried holding the cord that way mm -hmm. but it's like oh well it kind of just makes sense if you really think about it mm -hmm. like you're already holding g like this so you mm -hmm. might as well hold the diminished, diminished chord, chord like this too yeah. like yeah. so it flows from one to the other yeah i think yeah. when you're trying to replicate or when you're trying to get into like a style or something mm -hmm. it is in the details that you'll find like uh mm -hmm. i don't know the important things to learn you know right and listening and watching people do it especially like the best and professionals and stuff it like you you're gonna learn things that you're not gonna learn in a book you know or reading it or like watching tutorials or whatever if you just kind of feel 
the uh, fuel the music and learn by watching others do it there's just no substitute because like you know prior to like uh prior to the internet that's when we learn how to play ukulele like watching ukulele players like jake and um Ulta Jr. And, and Troy Fernandez, watching them. There's all these little nuances that they do that I still don't know how to explain. You know, like there's just little things that you pick up on by immersing yourself in whatever it is that you yeah. want to learn. And, and I think uh, somebody who might not have tried learning like this, mm-hmm. they might feel like, oh, I don't even know what to look out for, though, or I don't know what to pay attention to. But it's a skill set that if you're trying to like hear the details and watch somebody and like just, you know, like you're looking at their hands and you're, you're really focusing on what they're doing. It's just something that you get better with, with time. Yeah. Like the more you do it, the better you get at it. And so that's mm-hmm. why like, um, when we did the Ukulele Friends podcast with mm-hmm. Jake, right? Yeah. Like you, you guys played and then afterwards Jake was like, Oh man, I love when you did like that kind of, uh, parallel octaves kind of thing that mm-hmm. you're doing there. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. pull off, yeah, yeah, pull off hammer rounds. Like, and Jake saw that because he's probably that's like what he's looking for, right? Like, he's practiced Mm. at looking at other players and other things, and then just trying to like, how how would I play that Mm. too? So that's a question that like, besides just watching, yeah, maybe try and ask yourself, how would I play that? So yeah, yeah, that's you know, like as a as a teenager like i was trying to buy as many like dvds like music dvds because like you know we didn't have youtube or anything like that uh-huh. i'd buy as much music dvds like my, one of my favorite is like um the first g3 dvd where it's like it was eric johnson steve Vai, and um and joe satriani they were like the g3 at the time the g3 changes you know like every now and then but it's usually Vai and satriani like and the third guy changes there's a video i saw where malmsteam was the third guy and i remember just like watching that dvd until like it just like it's it's skipping but it's fine it'll it'll stop <laughs> skipping soon <laughs> like just <laughs> wore out the, yeah the or... yeah exactly you know like um, or the dvd the dvd is just wear it out you know <laughs> oh, there's totally off topic but something that um so my my wife goes on tiktok a lot she, she asked me that question of like tell me you're old without telling me you're old right and and i told her <laughs> i got one you need to rewind that thing with a pencil. <laughs> or like a, a younger person wouldn't understand any of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to rewind it with a pencil. <laughs> so it's like, oh, what? <laughs> that. And um, uh, I, I told her 10, 10, 3, 2, 1. I think I told you guys that. Yeah. 10, 10, 3, 3, 2, 1. Yeah. Like, uh, I understand what that is. <laughs> I think of V. Why that would exist. <laughs> 100 collect even, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, right? Like, you just send, like, if you find somebody, it's like you'll send them a link or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember <laughs> my dad being like, oh, we'll go to the library, we'll rent movies. And then we have two VHS players. So, yeah. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Wave okay? that flag. I'll just leave it at that. Wave that Jolly Roger guy. And then, and then, you know, there might have been, there might have been like some of our, our relatives who are like, Oh, uh, I see you have Jurassic Park one. I have Jurassic Park 
two, you know. <laughs> and yeah. a deal was then struck between the two parties. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that both have one and two. <laughs> no, it's okay because uh, all our VHS tapes were all destroyed. They're all like moldy uh, and gross. So uh, <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't catch me anymore. It's all gone. <laughs> yeah, what do young There's... people know about having two VCRs? The reason for having two VCRs. Like, why would you need two DVD players or two Blu-ray players? I... You don't. But you need two VCRs. <laughs> I vaguely remember nights where you hear the whole night, like just the the whole night, <laughs> and because it's like mm-hmm. not we had two two of those. Mm-hmm. My dad rented movies, two of those going, you know, playing the movie and everything, yeah. and then also the rewinder. So he would have a stack <laughs> of movies that were just being, you know, he was kind of oh. rotating through. Yeah, good. Yeah, wave that flag, guy. <laughs> so, any last minute questions before we go? Uh, I don't think I don't so. Leave anybody hanging. Well, uh, Jim mentioned that cassette uh, tapes. <laughs> yeah, Jim mentioned that another thing that really helps with learning, you know, a style or something, is actually playing with people. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, probably because of the world situation, you yeah, might not want to f- be the best thing. Yeah, yeah. But the great uh kind of alternative, or the probably the best alternative, is look for jam tracks on YouTube, yes. and yeah. you can just find stuff. <laughs> If um if you just search up jam tracks in whatever key that you want to do it in or whatever genre do you want to do it in, so I'll say like slow rock in G or whatever. You put slow rock in G jam track, like it, you'll or, you'll find something more. For in his case, flamenco. Flamenco, yeah, flamenco, <laughs> flamenco in A minor or whatever jam track, and then you'll be taken to a, uh, a a rhythm track in A minor that you practice your flamenco to. Yeah, I think the uh, chords and stuff. Yeah, and people think that that's only for like soloing and improvising, right? You can use that right just now. For just rhythm. yeah, yeah, learn chords, and you'll like that's you learn blues patterns, right? So you can like because uh, you know if you're soloing with somebody, like pretty much blues patterns are a set of patterns that everybody uses, no matter what the song is. So mm. you can just pull it out of your bank, right? If you're playing the mm. backing track for somebody else too. I I kind of want to like. Um want to just do an entire solo show <laughs> with like with just like jam tracks that i got from youtube and just like and just play it like at, at a show <laughs> you know, like a bar show not like a show where people came like yeah, specifically yeah. see me but like say at rob's or whatever like me oh. playing solo show at rob's just press play <laughs> and just play for like uh, entire hour two hours of just like <laughs> jam tracks just be jamming out you, the, the audience <laughs> would have to sit through the pre-roll ads <laughs> 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 I'm so glad that I'm a dasher. <laughs> <laughs> See this? That's a uh, that's a Maserati. But here's also a bunch of books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, if you write anything on the internet, <laughs> you have to get Grammarly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be that be the best show. I think that'd be the best show. <laughs> This is something that I actually kind of want to do, but I was going to pitch it to you. Yeah. Uh, what if we made our own, like, uh, ukulele tracks to do homework and uh, relax to or something, uh, like a video like yeah. that? Dude, I would do that. If you give me beats and stuff, that would lo-fi be like, lo-fi beats, I would put some, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to. Make a million dollars. And I, I was, <laughs> Nobody steal that idea. Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, we could do that, and yeah. I would even, like, hire an artist to be like, can you draw this guy doing homework? And I would give them your picture, right? Yeah. And have it, like, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not even joking, Kai. If you make the beats for me, I will, like, it's, 
<laughs> I'm not saying it's super easy or whatever, but it's not hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm We've sure. talked about making making an album for Hawaiian Airlines. It would, yeah, it would be a <laughs> Nobody see that idea either. Relatively simple project. I'm, I'm sure we have a friend too who mm-hmm. would love to uh, contribute his beats right to that like project mm-hmm. type of project too. So yeah, yeah. Well, so you we'll know, see. yeah, if if. Yeah, if you if you build it, they will come. Which is they <laughs> meaning me. <laughs> what was that? Is that, a, is that a bird that just whacked your window <laughs> just now? <laughs> <I think> so. <laughs> All right. Well, it is past our bedtime, guys. So, um, is, is there any last minute uh, businesses that we should wrap up before we get going? Before we get head to bed? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, I think the only the or the thing that's coming out closest right is the next song for next month and yep. then after that is our uh open mic and uh mm-hmm. when our soft deadline of when our songs are due so we'll see <laughs> yeah yeah um you know that it's it's just days go by so fast now you know i feel like the the open mic was just like last week what it was like two weeks ago and there's only four weeks in a month so it's coming up once again uh open mic first thursday uh first thursdays of every month and um yeah so check that out of course we got you know we're working on the next month's lesson now um yeah good stuff yeah. how you you put up the you know kisas kisas last week right mm-hmm. yeah yep. so if you guys want to learn that you can learn that as well there's if you don't want to learn that there's plenty of other things that you can check out over in uu plus we've got hawaiian songs we got oldies we got you know like uh, pop songs whatever maybe the classic we have jazz with jazz music now kahai mm-hmm. you know so um, make sure you Is check there, that out. Uh, do we have like song? What what songs would you say mm-hmm. to kind of get maybe somebody get their foot in the door with like flamenco? Do we have tutorial like song tutorials that you? Can uh, we of? have riff of the week. We have like flamenco riffs that, that are available there. So if you want to get your feet wet and just like learn some flamenco riffs, we have riff of the week. Yeah, which we no longer do. So I guess riff of however many weeks that it went for. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. All right, guys, have a great one. Um, we'll see you folks tomorrow for Aloha Friday Live Jam. Make sure to check out all you know all our things. Go to uh, go to YouTube. Check out Ukulele on the Ground on YouTube. Check out Uke, uh, or Ukulele Playalongs on YouTube as well. Make sure to subscribe to that because that's where the next uh, playalong for the lesson is going to be. Um, check out UU Plus. Make sure you sign up for UU Plus to take your ukulele playing to the next level. Have a great one. Aloha. Mm-hmm.